defeated queen. When she returns, some watch in awe as she hovers above rooftops, eclipses the sun, and delivers a new sky. And then she bears down on them. When she arrives, her waters snatch up weeping cows, screaming pigs, and people as she moves along the ground, suckling her gems, reclaiming the treasure she began collecting long before it ever occurred to them to record time. She pushes against doors and presses into grooves, penetrating the sliver of space where nails meet wood. She swallows houses and farms. The people report hearing what can only be described as the exhaling of breath and the belch of a monster. The sounds the river makes are almost human, as if she has a soul. When she arrives, most of the people are seeing her this way for the first time, but almost all of them have heard the stories. For centuries, the Mississippi River had been running freely through the continent, swelling with the water she received from multiple tributaries, all the while gathering chunks and heaps of nutrient-dense earth. Her journey always ended with a sweet homecoming, as she plunged into the warm waters of the Gulf of Mexico, becoming one with the sea. But just before giving herself away, she would stretch out, widening, spreading her waters over a shallow expanse to the east of her course. That was where she left her treasure, bits and mounds of glorious, abundant earth. Over time, her collection of exquisite gems grew higher and denser until the soil itself was a vast landscape. The people called it the Mississippi Delta. In journals and letters to loved ones, they recorded their impressions of the land that lay to the east of the Great River. Most described a place that, in spite of its plentiful soil, was almost completely uninhabitable. The Delta quickly developed a reputation as being a deadly place, where newlywed brides and young children were often delivered to early deaths by way of harsh conditions and horrific illnesses. Rumors aside, the Delta truly was a dark place, both figuratively and literally. Only the trees, some one hundred feet high, burst above the choking vines and cane into the sunshine. One person went so far as to call the Delta a seething, lush hell. In the early 1800s, the Mississippi Delta was moist, flat, intensely humid, and nothing if not wild. Filled with bears, alligators, panthers, serpents, stinging gnats, mosquitoes, malaria, cholera, typhoid and yellow fever, dysentery, squirrels, ducks, geese, deer, feral cows, and, in times of flooding, fish of varying sizes and species, the Mississippi Delta was a beautiful, treacherous, untamed expanse of earth, a kingdom belonging only to the water. It was the river's Eden. It takes a certain type of individual to hear such wretched descriptions of a wild, unwelcoming land and respond by gathering up all they possess, including their spouse and young children, and moving there. Given what they knew, 
the people who gambled their very lives on the Mississippi Delta must have been recalcitrant, filled with hubris, naive enough to still believe in wild dreams, yet infused with the strength and discipline necessary to chase them down. If the United States was founded on a spirit of rebellion intertwined with relentless hope, by men and women determined to make a fresh start in an unknown place where they would have autonomy, people who came to define the very word pioneer, then surely the first American inhabitants of the Mississippi Delta were among the most pioneering of us all. Stories about the Delta were quick to spread. However, what people were most interested in were not the dangers, but the opportunities. The cotton is about as high as my head, said one. Nature knows not how to compound a richer soil, said another.